Blast off on another super informative episode of the Hyper Anomalous Esoteric Research Organization podcast, aka Hero Paranormal, broadcasting from just south of the old Sherman Ranch in the Uinta Basin of Utah. My name is Ryan, the Anomalous Ambassador of the Airwaves, bringing you a very information-packed episode with one of my favorite guests tonight. Really quick, if you haven't gone over to HeroParanormal.com, please check it out. For the price of a boutique cup of coffee a month, you get all of the content behind the paywall as a patron, the whole enchilada, and uh, there's a lot there. You can also access that at Patreon. Also, do me a big favor, head on over to YouTube, like, share, and subscribe the podcast on YouTube, because although I am sure I will never be monetized on YouTube for a variety of reasons, that's the only way that you can help me break through the algorithm of control and actually get the message out. So I appreciate that. Also, look for Hero Paranormal on social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Twitter as well. Now, let's get to it. We are going to venture into the intriguing world of geopolitics, cutting-edge technology, and the mysteries of human consciousness. In this captivating episode, we sit down with Rob Gray, a multifaceted expert in geopolitical strategy, dark money finance, and technological innovation. He's had a diverse journey. Rob Gray's journey has been nothing short of extraordinary. From delving into the intricate web of geopolitics and dark money finance to collaborating with UFO whistleblowers during his time with JTF MAGA, Rob's experiences have shaped his unique perspective on the world's hidden dynamics, blockchain for election integrity. As an advocate for transparent and secure elections, Rob Gray's white papers on using blockchain for voting have drawn attention and admiration. His insights into leveraging blockchain technology for election integrity have opened new possibilities for enhancing the democratic process. Tech guru and whistleblower advocate, he's transitioning into the tech sector and Rob now uses his expertise to support and protect whistleblowers recognizing the importance of their contributions to accountability and transparency. His passion for technology and its potential to empower individuals drives his mission to make a positive impact in this domain. Unlocking cosmic frontiers, beyond his diverse professional background, Rob Gray is an explorer of consciousness and cosmic possibilities. With an inquisitive mind, he seeks to understand the enigmatic links between consciousness and the advancement of technologies like faster-than-light propulsion, anti-gravity, and free energy developments. In this episode, we delve into Rob Gray's journey, 
uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped his perspective on geopolitics, technology, and the mysteries of the universe. Be inspired as we explore the frontiers of human potential and consciousness together with this visionary thinker. We are going to do our best to unravel the complexities of geopolitics, cutting-edge technology, and the profound connection between human consciousness and our universe's unexplored frontiers. I'm telling you, it's been a while since I've spoken with Rob, so I have a long list of questions I'm going to throw his way, and I already know that he's going to knock him out of the park because this is what he does. He is one of the nicest guys out there. He always seems to be pushing the envelope when it comes to freedom. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that you want in your corner. So if you happen to be a whistleblower, please reach out to Rob. He has an unbelievable tool chest at his disposal. He's done this sort of thing before. He's dealt with geopolitics, technology, and whistleblowers before. Great guy. Here we go. Rob Gray, welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. Hey, how you doing, Ryan? It's great to be here. Doing great. Doing better now that I'm talking to you. It's always amazing. Uh, we always have great conversations, and you always have next-level stuff that blows my mind. How have things been in your neck of the woods? It's been great, man. Um, we've been, how? what has it been, like five, four or five years since we last spoke before COVID, I think, was the last time we had a long, a long-form uh, podcast conversation, huh? Yeah, it's been, it's been, it goes way too fast. And I mean, you have kids kind of like I do. And when you have toddlers, it's like you realize you see them grow and you're like, holy crap, I'm getting old fast. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, my six-year-old uh, jumped in the bed the other day with me to, and I was like, man, he's as big as me almost. It's crazy. Like I never hadn't figured that out till I, uh, that was next to him in the bed. And I was like, wow, he's, he is, uh, stretched out a lot. Yeah. They, they grow amazingly. Um, it's, it's so wild and you've, you've yeah. been up to a lot. I feel like I don't even know where to start. Uh, there's, there's wild stuff going on with disclosure. There's all kinds of whistleblowers. The politics right now is insane. I mean, they're finding cocaine in the white house. I mean, what's, <laughs> where do we, I don't even know. Like, it's just such a mess of chaos and deception. I don't even know where to, uh, where, where, to, where to pinpoint a good starting point? What do you think is a good place to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thrive in this sort of uh, environment, actually. It's kind of strange. I, I like all this crazy stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would say let's start with um, talking about that the new whistleblowers coming out uh, with uh, UAP information. That would kind of be pretty good to talk about. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'm sure you've uh, most likely seen on Newsmax the David Grush interview and... He seems to be a legit source. I mean, somebody everybody likes. Nobody wants to throw under the bus and, you know, crucify. But he's coming out yeah. with stuff that's really damaging to the military-industrial complex. You know, I, I, I did look into that. I saw uh, he was talking about a structure that was built around the UFO. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody's on the search around the Google Earth, around the world, to go see if they can find the structure. Um, it's kind of like a wild goose chase. So that's pretty cool. That's a cool rabbit hole to dig into. Um, I looked into it, man. It's, it's some cool info. I'm again, everything's just a data point to me. So that's just another data point that goes towards, um, you know, as far as the UFO disclosure thing goes, I mean, 
we're getting closer and closer as the uh, as the days go by. And I feel like, in a way, I mean, I don't know about if anybody's ever or has sat, sat and actually thought of this, but it's kind of, do you guys think it's a coincidence that this is all happening during the closest call with World War Three, like ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's almost it's, it's almost like it's in the zeitgeist, like the the the, the World War Three nuclear. Uh, arsenal thing going on and at the same time the ufos just keep popping up more and more um so that's kind of what i was i've been exploring is kind of the what what that in com- what has uh in common with you know as far as ufos politics the nuclear arsenal um and so i've been actually i've been talking to a few whistleblowers that are that are wanting to come out um one of them's actually in the or was in the ukraine um he's out now but he uh, was working with some pretty high-level stuff, and he, he was explaining to me some some really interesting details about the war and how uh, a lot of the stuff that we've been we've been told about Ukraine winning and you know how Russia's losing and stuff it's it's pretty much a lie, man. It's it's really crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean that's another <laughs> that's another rabbit hole you can go down as well. So I mean it's really uh, right now is kind of the cusp of everything happening. It's kind of a Terrence McKenna when he said that the uh, the singularity was going to hit and everything was going to be happening at the same time. It's kind of happening when you think about it. It really does seem that way. And, you know, we spoke a little bit and I kind of looked into what you're talking about and the numbers are all over the board. I mean, according to Ukraine, they've only lost, they've only had 9,000 casualties. And then <laughs> you, you go to other strategists that claim it's up to 350,000 casualties and another 700,000 wounded and then, I mean, like you said, the singularity, you talk, uh, there, there's, talk about craziness. There's astronomers mm-hmm. observing, um, basically, UAP and UFOs all over the skies above Ukraine. And the main astronomical observatory there of the National Academy of Sciences of Ukraine doesn't know what the heck they are. So like you said, it's like everything is happening at once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of the, the goal of the universe is to kind of come to a con- what he would call a concrescence, I'm talking about McKenna, um, where you would come to a, a point that everything is happening all at once, um, there's so much info that's coming in, it's, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of hard to figure out what's real and what's not, um, and I think we're coming close to that, I feel like, uh, I think it was uh, either Kurzweil, I think it was, that has the same the same theory about this with uh, with the you know the singularity converging all at once. So um, with AI coming out and uh, the UAPs, it's kind of coming to a to a place where it feels like everything's just going to connect and fall in together and kind of fall into place. If that makes sense, I don't I don't see anything wrong or bad with it though. A lot of people are scared of the of the moment or whatever, but I, I don't. I think that I don't think the universe uh, would would create us just destroy us. If that makes sense, it would make it, it would be an awful lot of work for nothing, you know? Yeah, there's definitely been more boring times to be alive that were a lot harsher, <laughs> you know? Absolutely, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I guess we can't complain. The middle evil, the medieval times were pretty harsh, and there wasn't, you know, a whole lot going on cosmically, at least that we know of. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the singularity, uh, because I want to get into the the, the the technological aspect of that. Or, But... Sure. Um, Really quick before we do, I have to admit, we we spoke a little bit and just just via messaging really quick. And you mentioned that, you know, things in Ukraine might not be exactly as go figure the mainstream media is purporting it to be. And, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, uh, you know, a lot of people know him as Putin's chef when he 
came back into Moscow, none of it made any sense to me. Anything that the news was saying about that made zero sense. And right. when when you mentioned that, I thought, like, is this guy just kind of like, uh, you know, didn't have cell service and was just coming home after the war? And then, you know, they purport it to be something entirely different. And Putin says, get back out there. You know, we got to keep the I don't even know. Um, what, what in the world was your thoughts or any have you gathered any information about that wildness that just seemed crazy to me yeah um i heard from from what just from the people that i had asked about that whole situation that um all the news media here that was talking about a coup was wrong um there was no coup going on it was more of an internal struggle uh between a couple of generals and and stuff that but it wasn't a coup there was no such thing as a coup and in fact i i want to say that there were pictures of um i forgot the guy's name but the general that was leading Wagner, I, I yeah. can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that older guy or whatever, he was with one of the generals that he was having a you know an argument with or whatever that the media had said that he wanted to to coup him or so. I mean, it was just there's a lot of disinfo, but it's a war, so that makes sense. There's going to be a lot of disinformation. I, I get it. Um, I don't believe anything the State Department says at this point uh, when it comes to anything about Ukraine. Just n- not because you know I have any kind of political and one way or the other, it's just because of everything they've said so far has turned out to not be true. Um, so, I mean, I just, that's just, you know, basic logic. Why would you follow somebody who's been lying to you? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is, it, they, they try to, a lot of it ha- feels like they're trying to drum up uh, support for sending more money, um, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it, because it's kind of just, they're just washing uh, the pockets of people like Raytheon, Lockheed, people like that, where, Essentially, they're getting all these billions sent over there, and then once the money gets, I guess, I don't know how exactly the, the, the situation works, but once it gets deposited in, you know, an account or however that works, um, then they buy more, with, with that money, they buy more weapons from Raytheon or Lockheed or whoever it is making those, you know, the weapons for the war, and then the same people that are voting on that have stock in the companies like Lockheed. So it's really just money being washed away from the taxpayers into Ukraine. And I'm assuming, you know, people like Zelensky and his underlings are making a cut off of it. But that's, I mean, yeah, they're, maybe they're getting weapons. I don't see this huge munition spend. I, have you seen a huge munition spend? I mean, I remember Iraq being a lot more violent when it comes to explosions and munitions and stuff dropping out of the sky. And we didn't spend anything on the first days of Iraq compared to what we spent billions-wise in Ukraine. So... Stuff like that makes me wonder. Um, I have been speaking to people in Ukraine actually on the ground. Um, I have a few different Discord channels and stuff that people go on there. I mean, a lot of a lot of them are just saying that there's no war there, um, which is kind of news, I guess, to people in the in the West. But I mean, the, if you go right now, just I mean, try try it. Just go to Google or Yandex or one of the search engines and uh, type in uh, Ukraine webcam, and you know, it could be Kiev or it could be you know any other little city around there and just look around i mean there's cars driving there's no war going on um there's nightlife people go to restaurants there's people out so everything that they're telling me is actually uh based around reality because i'm seeing it with my own eyes as opposed to what the the people here are saying that it's you know we need to send more money that it's so bad and this and that so when actors are flying into an active war zone uh that's kind of when you kind of have to call bullshit on stuff Yeah, so that's kind of, actors aren't the people they play in movies, they're just people that read scripts. So when they can show up, they're just regular old people, when they can show up in a war zone and feel like they're safe, that kind of tells you what 
you know, what the reality is. Yeah, there's a lot of that that it just it this really hits home because as you said, munitions wise, I mean, we know the the military industrial complex from time to time has to kind of liquidate their old, you know, munitions. This stuff has some of it has like born on dates and expiration dates and you have to use all these bombs from time to time so you can build new ones and put money in the pockets of the shareholders. Uh, for all these various military contractors. And, you know, we see these kind of dumps of all of this going on, like, cyclically, and it does appear as if they're just randomly using random munitions. Last I heard, they were using, like, these cluster scatter bombs, which makes... Really dirty stuff. Yeah, like, junk, right? Like, just garbage, especially for the terrain that they're using it in with soft soil. Um, Yeah, they're ruining that terrain for years and years, so... If you just if you just think you know logistically uh, you know wartime kind of situation, the first let's just say the first week of the Iraqi uh, you know 2003 Iraq bombing or whatever, there was so much more of an am, uh, an ammunition and a just a spend of you know a cash I guess is what you would call it right you just mm-hmm. they dropped so much more uh, you know ammunition and 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 weapons on iraq than i've ever seen on tv and because where's the money going right like that's the next question okay where are all these billions going if there's they're using these old weapons soviet era weapons and you know things that aren't i I've, I've looked at the footage i've watched them running through the fields it looks like old world war ii footage there's nothing new there so where's all the money going that's kind of the, the mm. question i have and a lot of other people uh, one of my good friends who's actually been in, in war told me the same thing. He said, where's all the munitions spent? Like, where is it? Um, you know, yeah, there's there's bodies that you see videos here and there of drones. That's kind of new. But, I mean, even the drones dropping bombs that are, you know, $1,000, $2,000 at the most, like, they're little bombs. They're little explosives. They're not these huge, like, you know, airplanes dropping clusters of stuff. They're not doing that. So, again, w- where are all these hundreds of billions of dollars going? And it, it becomes trillions after a while we add it all up. So where is it going? Um, yeah. So that's, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, again, I'm, what I'm being told and what the media is saying here, again, just like they did with 2016 and Jesse, and I could go on and on with what they've lied about, but yeah, they're basically telling you that, you know, we need to help Ukraine. And at the same time, the president of Ukraine is having dinner with actors. So, what do we, I mean, I get that he's trying to like dress down when he goes to these elite <laughs> events, but <laughs> nobody, it, it, I see through it. Everybody sees through it at this point. We see that you're just begging for money, man. Um, he, again, he's an actor as well. That's another thing. Like, he doesn't have any geopolitical strategy going on in his head. He doesn't have, he just wants attention, right? That's what mm-hmm. actors want. Like, that's their, their MO, right, is attention. Um, at least that's what I, I've, I've, known, I've known actors enough to know that that's kind of what they want is they want the all eyes on them kind of deal. So you can kind of see how Zelensky fits that role more than he does a president. Um, you know, he's not, he's going around and actually persecuting more than he, people in his land than he is helping. Um, so it's, just, it, it's really twisted. And I think that in war, it always is twisted. So that's kind of to be expected. But when you can get the truth so easily nowadays on the internet, with just, I can literally just go and add a discord channel and add people from Ukraine when it's that easy, then there's no more lying. I mean, how could you be lying? <laughs> That's you know? pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Man, it is so wild. And I, I read seven hours ago. This blows my mind. You know, obviously, uh, a lot of people aren't aware of BRICS, 
Um, right. But it's it's wild that you know BRICS is having a summit in South Africa, and mm-hmm. Russia's attending. But of course, Vladimir Putin is doing so via like Zoom or something because sure. even even though they're buddies. I guess the International Criminal Court says you guys have to arrest him if he comes in person. So right, right. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, um, it does seem like it's kind of a show. Like, you know, we have these these countries um, involved with BRICS, which uh, obviously it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, Syria, who are backing their currency with gold, which obviously the central banks don't like that. We know that they can go Not in and take political leaders out. They've done that for much less before. And you know, yeah, I hate to interrupt you, but I don't know if this even made a blip in the radar. Um, but if you really want to see what the CIA does when you go against their, you know, central banking cartel and, and, and try to enter BRICS, look at Macron a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Cause the whole, the whole thing about the, that whole rioting started right after I'm talking a week or less after he had said that he wanted to attend a meeting for BRICS. No just way. Go look it up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, just attend. Right after that is when those supposed riots started in France. So that's kind of, you got to kind of zoom out a little bit when these things happen and say, okay, let's look at it in the, in, not in the uh, framing of the USA as this great hero, but the USA wants power. The intel agencies run everything. Yeah, that's probably what they would do. They'd probably start rioting and, you know, try to start a little revolution and say, hey, you, re- you want to talk about bricks again, Emmanuel? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's, that's kind of how they play. So, yeah, those those are things that kind of, speaking about bricks, those are things that kind of jump up on my radars when, when you know, a rioting just automatically. And, again, you can add people from France and ask them, and they say, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> so it's like y- – if you're if there's riots and they say that the people are, are you know doing an uprising, I'm sure then if you talk to those people, they'd know what it's about. But nobody had any idea. A few people were saying it was about taxes or something crazy, but in reality, I mean, it's it's really about the the central banking cartels keeping their power, using the military and other other means to keep their power over the few countries that want to go against them using bricks. And one of them is Russia. So you can see how that's going to go. A hundred percent. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. I think, you know, all of these people are drawing on the same game plan, the CIA operatives, the reporters, the businessmen, and even the quote unquote, like these, these puppet governments that are put into place. I mean, this is kind of what's built the American empire for a long time. I don't want to get canceled or banned or anything, but you put it so well, man. And you know, this, this is wild. Like when, when I was contacted by a friend that said, you need to buy gold. And I said, why? And he said, haven't you looked into bricks? I mean, it took me a second to kind of realize like, oh, it might not be a bad idea to buy a coin or two. Um, not go crazy with it. Right. Not turn into a prepper or anything, but just get a few so you can buy milk and eggs and bread. If things turn into, um, Argentina, Venezuela style. So, what what do you think is given the history that we have and and kind of the secret that's out in plain sight? What do you think is going to happen with this Russia Ukraine thing? Are we is it going to be another Vietnam, or are they now that they're like you know kissing up to NATO? Which oh my gosh, they totally snubbed him. It looked like the elitists were totally snubbing him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at that, I mean, 
poor guy. I kind of I'm no fan of Zelensky, but they he he seemed like the odd man out, like the the guy that he shouldn't did. be at the party. He did. Um, I, I again, my intel's telling me that that war. Remember, they had an agreement. I think it was last year to for for peace, and both of them were going to sign it, and NATO uh, stopped it. The State Department themselves stepped in and said no. So. Is it going to become another Vietnam? They want it to be. They want it to drag on for years because that means more money in their pocket, obviously. Um, is it going to happen? I, I, I hope not. I hope people wake up the way we did when Obama wanted to go after uh, Assad. Remember that? That, mm-hmm. was, that, was a huge, that was a huge win for humanity in my eyes um, because a lot of kids didn't die. A lot of people didn't die. And Obama was kind of put in his place a little bit um, because he had been kind of like the king before that. Um, putting in czars and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I, I, again, again, it's not a left-right thing. I think it's more um, just don't listen to what the State Department says. The media is going to just run cover for the State Department anyway. So State Department equals the media. They're both kind of the same conglomerate. Um, I would say just seek outside sources. To go to people that live there, know people that live there. Use Google's Translate. That's what it's there for. Um, you know, just use your brain and, and try to kind of find sources that you can trust, but that also are close to the area that you're trying to figure out. So that's what I've done. And I really think that, it, I mean, again, if if there's fighting, it's in literally the, a place the size of maybe one of my friend's ranches. And that's not a, that, that's not a joke. I'm, I'm being totally, completely honest. Um, two, two, three hundred acres at the most. That's what they're fighting over at, at, at this point. So the war's completely and utterly over. What's going on is the grift and just the people that are the politicians like Lindsey Graham, uh, Chuck Schumer. Which actually I want to bring him up later because he does he is doing something good about a proposal, uh, uh, you know, with UAPs and stuff. But that's on a side note. Mm-hmm. Um, but pe- people like them, they want to just keep the money flowing to the military-industrial complex. That's all it is. I mean. Once people smarten up to that and realize that that's what war has been, that's what it is, that's it. Um, we were lied, we've been lied to to get into different wars, 9-11, the incubator babies, it goes on and on. Um, and once kind of we zoom out, it's a huge system, but once you know the system, once the magician's trick is revealed, it doesn't work anymore, right? So that's kind of what, I, what, what I'm trying to do is kind of open people's eyes to, hey, look, they're lying to you, like, don't trust them just because they have a, a popular name behind them. Um, that's kind of the less trick I've noticed is they'll, they'll find a, you know, Pew Charitable Trust or whatever, man. It can, sound as, it can sound as, you know, official as you want it to sound. But in the end, what happens is they find those places. Uh, Snopes was one of them, right? They found a place that people would go for their facts, and they said, we're going to take it over. And they literally just infiltrated with a bunch of lefties uh, Snopes. And then so anything that came out against leftism or lefties or democrats it was false and anything that even when it was crazy was true for trump so it was just you know those are the things that they're doing and when you see this over and over and over uh, you know elvis chan with the with the twitter files um things like that when you start to to break it down you realize you're being lied to and you really need to seek your own sources of info and it's not the news um if they're allowed to be on cable public tv i'm talking about fox as well um then they're probably working with the cia period and that's from whistleblowers, man. I mean, I worked with JTF MAGA. I'm not, I'm not just saying it because I think this. I've been told specifically names of people that you would know that are working for the CIA. And it's just, uh, you know, when you look at what the CIA's goals have been and what they are, 
yeah, I mean that you can't you can't believe or trust anything that they that they've you know attempted to do. So, yeah, I mean at this point it's just a matter of you know looking through the through the blurred lines and seeing that Ukraine war with Russia now Putin has tried twice to do a to to bring peace with an agreement and from what I understand Zelensky was on board NATO stopped it twice so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's a matter of just keeping the grip going. And when Americans get smart, maybe, I mean, I guess when some politicians speak up, you know, and, and that's their representatives actually do represent them and not the not the oil companies or, or you know, big military companies, then then we'll have some change. But until then, until people wake up, no, nah, man, but it ain't, there's people that are still worried about the Kardashians and like 90 Day Fiance stuff. So, <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? I doubt that any of that's going to change pretty soon. For real. And for listeners that aren't as familiar with your background in history as I am, I know that you're an explorer of consciousness and cosmic possibilities. And as you mentioned, Schumer, Chuck, somebody who I, you know, let's not get into my opinion of him, but he is coming out with stuff very similar to like Harry Reid being a proponent for some interesting stuff. Do you want to touch base on that really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, him and Mike Rounds are actually the guys working on it. It's, uh, a 64-page proposal that actually um, is is tied into the NDA funding, which was smart because it's always passed, obviously, right? The National Defense Fund. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So what what it says is essentially that anybody who has worked with UAPs, UFOs, any kind of off-world technology, they have 90 days from the day of the the time that this you know proposal passes or whatever. Um, they have 90 days to come forward and, and basically whistleblow or talk about it. Um, if not, they will be uh, prosecuted. They can actually been, be, have something uh, put against their record for, you know, either military record or whatever, for not coming forward. So whether or not it's just theater, we'll see. Um, again, I don't think the intel agencies care about proposals or laws or any of that. I think that they're way above all that at this point. They're like human trafficking you know what I mean? So that's the, that's another thing. Uh, speaking of human trafficking, did you see uh, recently, I think it was yesterday it came out, there was a whistleblower that came out from the, uh, I think it was the Army, I'm not, um, maybe Delta, I'm not sure. But he's talking about seeing the UFO uh, human, used for human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You yeah. Herrera. Yeah. Herrera. There we go. That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Herrera. That was his name. Um. So, I mean, if all that ties in, it kind of puts a lot of perspective on what we're dealing with, you know, with, with these human trafficking uh, situations. And if they're actually using off-world technology to, to traffic children or people during disasters, uh, like in Haiti, where, where the Clintons were really big, um, that's another thing. Clinton had a lot of these special access programs on her server, which doesn't make any sense unless she's read into a bunch of these UFO programs. That mm-hmm. was another thing. So, I mean, that's probably why she's part of the seventh floor group with Colin Powell in them. Um, I don't know if that's that's kind of the requirement is that you have to be read into all these crazy programs, like off-world stuff. Um, but if that's the case, I, it, that would make sense as to why they don't change with the president. You know, think policy stays the same no matter who the president is. Um, so seventh floor group is something I wanted to look into. And the consciousness part of it, Really, it came from one of one of my whistleblowers that I spoke with. He uh, he was talking about how their propulsion. I mean, he explained it a lot better than I could. Obviously, I don't. I'm not you know an expert in propulsion and off-world technology, but he explained how the propulsion has some has a 
it's not even fa- it's not even speed of light. It's like hundreds of times faster than that, but it's only because of something to do with quantum entanglement and consciousness. And when he said that, it kind of you know stuck out. And I said, well, what, can you explain that? He said, the best I can tell you is if you move a particle from you know one side of the universe to another, they're still going to be linked somehow. And he said that's how they travel. That's that's about as that's about as close as I can get to that explanation. I mean, he could obviously explain the math behind it or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to work with, just considering consciousness, when you look at it, I mean, it's really something that we don't even know how it works. Um, so we could figure that out and then, you know, maybe tie it to some kind of propulsion. I don't know. Um, then who knows, man? Who knows what could happen, to be honest? You know, who knows where we could be in the next 10 years if we did that? Yeah, I I 100% agree that it appears from those that I've been talking to that you don't move across the galaxy or space and time, you actually move through it or you like puncture through it so that uh, right. you know, it's it and it and it's so cool that you mentioned the 7th floor group because I mean talk about shadow government. Hillary knew way more than Bill ever did if this is the truth. Absolutely. And probably couldn't even share it with him. Um, So my question is, a lot of people are going down the Freedom of Information Act route, like, oh, well, all this stuff would be released, you know, if we just fill out a FOIA. And I disagree. I think that, you know, there is a level of top secrecy that will not let that happen. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there has to be. I mean, not only does there have to be, I can guarantee you there is, only because it's probably at higher levels than if you try to FOIA nuclear secrets, not, they're not going to send them to you, but they, you know, they have them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the same thing. I mean, <laughs> you try to FOIA UAPs, UFOs, they're, they're not going to send you, they're going to laugh at you. I mean, they're, that's stuff that's a way above top secret, um, Q level clearance type of stuff. Um, that's, that's what I would say is kind of, um, more intriguing than, than the other stuff. When Hillary Clinton was, uh, when that Benghazi server, you know, got taken, and they had those, they had the um, the hearings and all that was going on. I remember that stuck out. It was Chaffetz talked to uh, some like senior dude at the DOD, and he talked about how Chaffetz asked him, and he said, "I can't tell you here. Like it's it." You're, and he goes, "What do you mean? I'm a con- I'm like a top, you know, congressman or whatever." And he goes, "Yeah, no, I I'm I'm not ready." And he goes, the people at the CIA aren't ready. And he goes, yeah, no, nobody's ready. He goes, this is eyes-only access. Like, it, he was pretty scary is kind of what, what I got. was like He was scared of whatever he was talking about, kind of going around, you know, uh, classified stuff. So if she had that on her server, then FOIA would never have found that. You know what I'm so, so, so that's, that's another reason why she had the server was to go around FOIA. And Chuck Schumer has a burner phone to go around FOIA. I mean... They all kind of skirt the, the rules, and everybody knows they're doing it. But nobody, unless you're really blatant about it, like she was, uh, nobody's really going to say anything. You know? And you know, this brings up something um, kind of along the same lines that we, we you mentioned earlier about Herrera coming forward with this child trafficking stuff involving this reverse engineered or possibly reverse engineered technology. You know, in the new movie, I don't know if you've seen it. I I made the horrible mistake of taking my wife to see the movie for a date night, The Sound of Freedom. <laughs> That's like, you know, taking her to see Schindler's List. Like, you're definitely not yeah. getting laid. But No, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Sound of Freedom is like a super controversial hit. You know, it's selling a lot of tickets. But fans are reporting 
that multiple theater incidents around the nation showings are like the AC is being turned off. Lights are being turned off. Have you heard about this? I have. I have heard about that. I, I'm pretty sure that's that's uh, management level stuff. I don't think it goes up to the top. I think just because I've known people that work at movie theaters, uh, friends of mine and stuff, there's no there's no communication with people at the top. So, I mean, could it be managers being dicks because they're lefties and they don't want people to go in? Sure. Um, could they have maybe done it at a few different places? Yeah, probably. Um, but is it like some grand conspiracy because they don't want people? I don't think so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It, could I roll with that whole conspiracy? Sure, maybe if there's a CEO that I found out worked for the CIA or something. But, um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I just feel like it's just mid- to low-level managers that are being dicks and don't have anything better to do than <laughs> fuck with religious people. and You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Like, I, I right. kind of didn't believe it until I saw videos of, like, people yeah. literally showing it. It's, like, insane. Um, yeah, no, I, saw, I watched those videos. I saw them, and I was like, okay, well, I doubt the CEO would call and open himself to all these different lawsuits and you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's more like more than likely these little low level guys that just the same way those managers that didn't want people to wear MAGA hats and stupid shit like that, you know? Yep. So let's get into the technology a little bit. Um, this reverse sure. engineered technology, a lot like what Herrera was talking about. And, you know, I know that you are, you know, definitely an advocate for whistleblowers under the right conditions, you know, not just right. traitors, but, um, no, what's your perspective on these strange dynamics involving reverse engineered tech? I'm pro reverse engineering any tech that lands in the United States, uh, you know, in our airfield or in our air space or whatever. Um, <clears throat> just the same way Iran would if, if our drone, you know, flew into Iran. I think it actually happened um, not too long ago. So, I mean, that kind of reverse engineering situation I'm okay with. I don't think they should keep it under wraps. They have no – I don't feel as though they have a right to keep it under wraps. I mean, sure, national security, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we we know that all they want to do is make weapons of war, period. So you could come up with a great invention, but they're going to figure out how to to defeat an enemy with it, essentially. and I don't think that's the best application. I think that it's good for the few elites that want to stay in power. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's another reason uh, for the disclosure and for the whistleblowers, the people that I want to work with as well, um, and to get their, you know, just to get their story out is because you can keep a secret under wraps if, you know, if you have the power of the media and the power of, you know, the politicians and all that behind you. But... Once that starts to crack a little bit and consensus starts to go the other way, it's kind of like a, a an avalanche. I mean, it, it won't uh, it won't stop once it starts rolling down the hill. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, a lot of the uh, the tech that's been reverse engineered needs to be given out and you know let the people kind of use it for their own benefit. The world would change overnight, literally, if they could. Um, do you remember Coral Castle? Uh, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. There was a there was a, a box that everybody talked about that he used that was on top of those uh, those pieces of coral. Do you remember that? Yes. It was like a tra- or a, it was a box on top of like a maybe like it had like three legs maybe or something. I, I don't remember, but I do remember there was a box he like would climb up to. Well, I just watched uh, uh, listened to a whistleblower talk about how he saw uh, a slab of granite that was about twenty feet by seven feet tall, so it was huge. And he said that he saw it floating in a hangar 
with nothing under it, um, and that he felt like there was a bassy vibration, and that there was a, a box above that uh, that floating, levitating granite piece. It was a slab of marble or whatever. Um, so they were essentially doing anti-gravity or playing with anti-gravity technology right in front of them. And it feels to me like that's the same tech. They may, maybe they stole the papers from that guy, Coral Castle guy, and just improved on it or something. Because um, it was the same thing. He said it was a box on top of it, and that's what made it, you know, levitate or whatever. This is such so, a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the stuff I like uh, delving into and figuring out if there's any actual tech behind that. Or if there can be anything that you can delve. Just like Bob Lazar. I mean, his stuff actually came out to be true once element 115 was discovered that which is crazy it was like decades later or whatever you know so just stuff like that i mean there has to be some truth to all these whistleblowers that are coming out and you know i bet these guys it's not like i just talked to whoever I, I you know i'll talk to whoever as far as their story goes but if they're if i'm going to come out and say you're an actual whistleblower i want to make sure you know you worked for you worked for and things like that that's kind of what i learned through the jtf maga process um you know just kind of figuring out who the people are that you're talking to and stuff so yeah i mean it, the more people come out and say, this is what I saw, I mean, everyone's breaking their NDA at this point because gov- if the FBI is so rogue that they can throw a uh, president in jail and do all this other crap, what makes you think that they're going to go after people that break their NDA? They have way better, more political stuff to go after. <laughs> so I guess at this point, people are just like, you know what, man, like my NDA didn't really mean much because the government's <laughs> doing it. You know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of where, what I see, where I see it going. And like I said, once you once you start that avalanche coming off, you know, down the hill, it can't. It's just a snowball effect. It's going to grow and grow and grow. So I think that's what's going to start happening. We're going to start seeing a lot more disclosure. I'm really interested in the CE5 protocols. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Greer. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really interested in actually trying those myself just to see what happens. Um, who knows? Who knows, man? You know, just a lot of stuff coming up in the future that's going to be great. Actually, it's going to be really fun to to kind of delve into with all these whistleblowers. Man, you know, it's so strange the way this podcast has gone because I have to mention something that <clears throat> everything you've talked about kind of reminds me of this particular story in the Uinta Basin that I kind of just fell into. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a realtor, I won't mention their name, but they're one of the most well-known realtors, if not the most well-known realtor slash brokers in the basin. And they had someone show up, a Russian gentleman who was sort of an enforcer type, and he showed up in an SUV with a, uh, the back was full of Spanish gold, and he said, hey, we want to buy this acreage, which was thousands of acres, to do portal technology. The owner wants to keep it recorded in his name. We're just paying him so you can draw up a quick little agreement, you know, so we have a few years to do what we're doing. And they, long story short, the broker had some ethical issues with this. He showed her the gold etc. But mm-hmm. I did get the phone number for this individual who went by the name of Slugger, this Russian individual. And okay. what's so interesting <laughs> is when I spoke with him, the technology that they were testing this, uh, well, the, the, this Stargate technology, this um, dimensional wormhole technology, he claimed mm-hmm. that they would put things in the Uinta Basin in a box and that it would come out at Coral Castle, which is so weird. And he said it would come out there 15 minutes later. Now, if he's full of crap, maybe. I don't know. This is just the line he gave me. But what was interesting about all this is that immediately after that, the property was kind of secured. 
nothing happened for a few years. I went up there and I saw a bunch of strange technology that I'd never seen before in the area. And that's what he said they were doing. They were like, it would take 15 minutes and this stuff would literally punch through time. And I don't know what they were putting in the box and what was coming out the other side, but kind of along these lines, in your opinion, how advanced is the tech that the United States is currently in possession of, Rob? Oh, hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years in the future, advanced, more advanced. Wow. Um, for sure. Uh, just from, just, uh, I mean, it's been, it's, it's almost a crime against humanity for them for, to know what they've done as far as, you know, keeping these things away from the populace, population and watching people suffer in India and Africa. And you know that this can be solved and just small conglomerates, Lockheed and Raytheon and Northrop Grum, Grum whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, those are the guys that have these contracts. Uh, and then even smaller because they'll, they'll, uh, make these little shell companies to work on one thing. So you'll never know who really worked on it. It's like ABC Corp worked on it kind of deal. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, so advanced. I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I'm getting news of uh, stuff like free energy, um, the the levitation tech that that guy was talking about. But at the same time, you got to remember if they have this tech, then they can also use it for evil. So you got a lot of uh, you know people coming out saying that they're using it for human trafficking, uh, carrying people through uh, you know disaster areas. So whenever you know whenever they show up and they say you know there was a there was an earthquake, 300 children are missing. Uh, you got to kind of look into the read between the lines and figure out well where were those three hundred children to begin with? Why were they all in the same area? Did they all get picked up from different spots? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people just say three hundred people miss, children missing, they assume oh well they died in the earthquake, but a lot of times that's not what happened. You know, so and they're kids. I mean, we have kids. You know, I, I don't. I, the last thing I want to do is see a kid suffer. So to be so close to having pretty much you know unlimited energy, not having to deal with anything as far as uh any problems as far as you know poverty and hunger and all that i mean all if if these companies are really holding on to this tech i mean they should be tried (laughs) nobody in their right mind would say no don't go after them after after you know or don't don't uh at least investigate you know what what exactly it was that they were hiding the cia was doing mockingbird still is really doing mockingbird um probably under a new name raven or something um but I mean, yeah, it, it, as far as what we can, what we could implement now, I mean, it is true when they said, uh, I don't know who it was, but one of the CIA directors maybe when he said, uh, we now have the technology to take ET back home. That's a hundred percent true. And man, the whole ET thing. And now getting, getting back to what you said about kids it is frustrating when you see that they can change words, you know, UFO to UAP, now uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. monosodium glutamate. All they have to do is put quote unquote spices. They don't have to say that it's mono. Uh, Raytheon, like you discussed, you know, I, I felt bad for poor Raytheon with all these whistleblowers. It kept coming up. They, they changed their name to RTX. I mean, oh, did they? yeah, I mean, oh and I, you know, we called it like a bunch of friends and I were talking and they're like, we're like, oh, poor Raytheon. I mean, it's just a matter of time. And then boom, they changed it. And wow. it just reminds me of, you know, what George Carlin said about soft language, how words change in a changed world and things are no longer what they used to be just because the spin is, is different. And when it comes to aliens, um, 
this is crazy because some of the whistleblowers, I believe one of them was Robert Arasi. He had uh, an UFO crash that happened in his backyard, very similar to the one recently in Vegas. And I have to ask you, what are your thoughts? What have you heard? And what do you know about, because I'm way involved with this being in Vegas often, it, it, it just blows my mind. What are your thoughts about this particular instance? So on this one, I, I did get calls that night, actually, of people that were like, go on, you know, turn on your TV or whatever, go on Twitter. I think it was Twitter. but Yeah, um, <clears throat> as far as the Vegas thing goes, I I don't know, man. I, I From what the kids said and the uh, adults that were coming out and the, the cops, what fell looked like a meteor to me. Um, I've seen meteors in real life. I've seen them out here in Texas. They fall a bunch, and they're just green lights that fall. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any, any means of propulsion on that vehicle unless I missed the video. There was a video from like a cop cam, I think it was, um, and that had the falling of the, of the meteor. Now, if you, want, if you say that green, whatever green thing fell, if you say that was the actual craft, I'd have to say, well, where did you see the propulsion? What did you see? Where, what, what did you exactly you know, see that came down? And then the other guy said something about an alien, right? Like a young guy was talking about an alien or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people that, or I've been around people that told me they saw an alien. If they really saw one, I mean, those people can barely get it out of their throat that they saw one because it's that scary to them. So I, I kind of was like wanting to call BS on that kid because he was just like, yeah, dude, I saw an alien. He was really tall. He was like, he was just explaining it the way you would explain, like, I saw a cool car. You know what I mean? Like, which to me felt kind of BS. But again, I wasn't there, so I can't say anything. I just feel like the reaction, human reaction to seeing an alien, to me, would have been like absolute fright, terror. That's like your whole paradigm shifts when you actually do see something that you figured was not real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm not trying to take the air out of that. I think the Vegas story is pretty interesting. I, I would love to know more about it. But just from the from peripherals and kind of getting what I got from it, and watching reactions, I know I, I'm good at that. I can watch a reaction of somebody and figure out is that what, how they would really act if that happened. Um, and a lot of times, like with this, with the kid, like I said, he walked to the backyard. He said he was walking to where he saw the alien. Now, if you're really, you really saw an alien, the last thing you want to do is go to the place where you saw that whatever monster, whatever it was, right? He said it was like seven feet tall or something. Mm-hmm. So that was what I, that was my BS detector going off as far as that went. Um, I, I tend to think of them as two separate events, maybe, like the meteor, because it looked like it was pretty far out, too. So maybe the meteor was caught the same night, but the kid saw something else. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? I, that's my opinion. I, I didn't go much into it after I saw those reactions, but, I mean, there might be more to it. It's super interesting because I originally, my, my BS detector as well, I was on the fence and I was leaning more towards, you know, the time that it came out, I was like, is this, you know, maybe a psyop because of the whistleblowers taking place in Washington, the timing was off. It was 28, 30 days after the actual event that it was leaked. And I was definitely going down that psyop road. And then, um, a few things kind of like were weird. Um, the kid, uh, did kind of melt down. He he started a, uh, he went silent. First he went dark and he started uh, a, a little like Bitcoin type crypto thing where he could accept money or it was somebody acting like him. He right. also, um, we had the Homeland Security uh, Department of the Las Vegas Metro Police Department put up cameras in the backyard. I thought that was strange. Hmm. And then 
um, the protocol was off. Like they didn't do it correctly, according to the uh, guy who trained um, Detective Sasha Larkin, who was in charge of Homeland Security. He said the protocol wasn't right. And when he went, anyway, that gets really muddled. But um, they were definitely keeping an eye on the backyard because they were worried. The strange thing is when I had some sources reach out to me and tell me that there was actually radar and telemetry data that was going into and coming out of the backyard. I found that Ooh. odd. And then I, 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 yeah. okay. I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I went down to the house and I checked it out and uh-huh. I, I spoke with a neighbor and this neighbor confided in me that he also saw something. Now he Whoa. said something, he didn't say aliens. He said something that was eight to 10 feet tall. There were two of them in the backyard, not enough to go on, but I started right. to kind of climb down off the fence. So it's a mess. And with, yeah. these, with, with this alien encounter, I think everybody's thinking extraterrestrial. But that kind of brings me to a question that I have to ask you, Rob. What do you think these things are? What are these aliens that everybody is pointing fingers at? <clears throat> so I, my theory is a little bit different as far as what they are. I go along with uh, what Trans McKenna kind of would say about it, um, which he kind of basically came to the conclusion that if anybody's not familiar with McKenna, he would uh, take like massive doses of hallucinogenics, I guess, would you, psychedelics, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DMT was one of his favorites, uh, mushroom, psilocybin, that kind of stuff. But he would do these like heroic doses. They were like super high doses and go into these uh, realms, supposedly, where he would communicate with people or beings on the other side. And they told him, that what the UFOs were was humans from an, uh, a, a twin time stream that are trying to communicate with us and get us out of the, uh, the, the funk and the hate and the war that we're in, um, and that they found us through, through the dreams of shamans in Central America, um, that they can communicate in their dimension, in their world, through dreams, and so um, that's why they're so interested in, in UFO, I mean, in, in nuclear stuff mm-hmm. on our side is because anything we do that's nuclear, that's atomic, will affect their time stream as well. Um, and they figured that out by uh, being in their dimension. And I think it was like 1908 or three or something, they blew up an atomic bomb on their side. And that's what caused the Tunguska uh, event here and that's how they figured it out that well that means that if we blow up on our side then it's going to affect their world and so that's them trying to stop us and then i have kind of something that goes along the lines of that i kind of have another i mean i've been told by numerous people high high level people and people that don't know each other that they've pretty much already turned off all the nukes Mm -hmm. and that's the big secret that's the big secret everyone's it's not because they're scared that society is going to break down if people know about aliens. It's not about any of that. It's that they're trying to save these conglomerates from losing all their power all at once. And they're basically not. That's why they don't want to reveal. But the nukes themselves, are they're not ever going to let us ever send nukes to start a world war. That They've already disabled that. But if a government would come out and say that, then they lose all power, essentially. You know what I mean? They lose all leverage. Um, so higher up people know about this, maybe not even the president at this point, um, just because the people, I mean, you obviously know it's compartmentalized at this point. Um, 
But yeah, that's kind of the big secret that they're trying to keep away is that, because think about how quickly, if, if that was the case, how quickly the, the weapons manufacturers would no longer be needed, you know? And then the power struggles between nations and, you know, between huge corporations, all of that would come to a screeching halt. So yes, it would end society as we know it, but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be something better. Totally. And man, I'm so glad that you bring up the radiation and like McKenna and the aliens, how this, how, what the belief system was where he got his ideas, because I mean, in general, it sounds kind of Gnostic, right? Right. And, right. You know, the, the, the Gnostics taught cosmological dualism and yes. they, this is interesting because as far as the radiation aspect that you mentioned with McKenna, mm-hmm. Going back to the Las Vegas 911 alien encounter in the backyard, when yeah, I yeah. when I when I followed the uh, chain of command of how how this got sent up the ladder, so to speak, to different agencies, you know, it went from the police to the Homeland Security. Then they called Nellis and et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, it eventually landed on the desk of um, the Department of Energy which uh, a specific program called NEST, which is the Nuclear Emergency Support Team. And th- this reminds me like, yeah, if, th- if this has a radi- radiation signature, um, it would make sense that this would land in the Department of Energy's uh, you know, desk. Um, right. It's it since changed and come back down to some other levels. But the bottom line is if nuclear material is used in an improvised way to kind of like in these devices to... They're obviously using it differently than we are. And I've heard this nuclear theory that you've talked about before. That leaves our entire planet in a totally different, like, you know, I mean, let's face it. With the Ukraine-Russia conflict, I'm surprised that there hasn't been any nuclear, uh, even little, like, tiny suitcase nukes used. Nothing. Nothing. Um, And that's kind of by design. Uh, I don't think, again, I'm not, I I don't want to put out, you know, misinformation or disinformation these are these are different people that don't know each other that have said this the same thing to me um do you remember the rendlesham forest case Mm -hmm. i don't know if this even came out or if it's even declassified yet or whatever but there were nukes there as well that's why they were there wow yeah so a lot of this stuff that you know you don't uh, hear about in the news or on the articles and stuff just kind of get from from putting together different sources they're interested in our nukes. We know that. And if you, there would be no other reason. And again, they, it's not like they're interested in, in launching our nukes. It's not like they're going around trying to play with them. They're going around and deactivating our nuclear weapons, right? Mm-hmm. And they're doing, them, they're doing it blatantly in front of everybody. It's not like they're, they're trying to hide. And they're, they're, there's a message behind that, if you think about it. <laughs> and it's like, don't fuck with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But at the same time, it's not a, a message of, of hate or of, you know, anything. It's, it's more of, look, we're trying to save you guys. Uh, you guys are connected to us on a time stream, basically. It's, uh, uh, it was called, the, or as far as uh, Terrence McKenna, he said that what they told him it was called is quantum soliton of improbability. That's the actual name for the effect that happens. Happens one time in the, in the, in the lifetime of the universe, essentially. So it's a soliton. It's once, one time. Um, and that what happens is when it hits, when it goes out through the universe and when it finally hits your 
uh, you know, your solar system or your, your, your world, it splits it into two. So there's a twin that comes out right next to it that's on a different, in a different dimension, in a different plane that's exactly the same. But as those time streams uh, mature, it gets, you know, it changes. There's things that are different. One plant didn't mature in one, one did in another, blah, blah, blah. As, as it keeps uh, branching out, um, the, the other side or the side that got the, uh, you know, the, the UFO side, I guess is what you could say, mm-hmm. um, they didn't have Christianity to stop them for the Dark Ages. So everything that Christi- the, the the difference in the time streams essentially was Jesus' birth. So by him not being born in their world, not to say that Christianity is a bad or good, this is just, you know, facts or data. Um, Christianity, by not being in that world, uh, didn't, they didn't allow the Dark Ages to happen. So Hypatia uh, kept going with her geometry, advanced geometry. It didn't stop. Um, and then she kept, I mean, there's a whole history that he was taught behind this, not just like a, uh, an idea that, you know, he had. I mean, he was literally sat down in the other realm and taught this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was shown uh, an emperor that the, the Ming dynasty at the time that was coming up and the Mayans at the same time, and then you have the Romans coming up, and they, they all kind of became this one world civilization in the 1600s, in our version of the 1600s. So by the 1800s, they were already, uh, they were already flying through the stars and doing space travel. And what's weird about that is he said that their technology is mixed with their consciousness, which I thought was freaking weird considering what we're talking about now, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy because it does seem uh, as if some of the things that have been shot down, and of course they're shooting them down with science that is sort of quantum science, which is also yeah. mind blowing. Right. But the the stuff that our military is shooting down, they're claiming is well, there's a lack of technology. It's basically just a shell, just a just just a just a vehicle. And that, like, really the propulsion may be consciousness and some other spices mixed in, whether those are radioactive or not. But this brings me to the a question, um, getting back to, like, the Jesus thing, where in our timeline, he was kind of seen as a non-human. Do you believe that non-humans exist in our reality, kind of like the woman on the plane? I, I don't know if you saw this, who claimed she saw a non-human yeah. on the back of the plane. What are they here? Are they right under our noses, in your opinion, Rob? Um, yeah, I, I've I've done enough research as far as uh, different, you know, the the lifting of the veil and stuff like that to know that our reality is so thin. I mean, it's it's so it's paper thin. It, it feels real. It feels like we're in a reality. You know, this is a desk, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels real, but at the quantum level, nothing is real. Zero. There's n- nothing is real. Everything is just energy. Um, so if there's a there's a uh, civilization or a group of people or a group of beings out there, light beings or whatever, we don't know, that have figured out how to uh, basically it, all it really comes down to is getting your vibration the same vibration as the dimension you want to be in, right? As far as you know, technology goes. So they figured out that a way. And again, they're thousands and thousands of, of years ahead, and more advanced than us. So obviously they would figure out that would just be like, you know, A plus B to them or whatever. It'd be super simple. Um, then I can't see why they wouldn't want to travel and see lower dimensions the way we'd want to see the same thing. 
you, we want to go lower and see what you know what else is up going on. That's maybe what explains ghosts and you know those kind of sightings and stuff like that where they're trying to communicate. Well, yeah, if they're in another dimensional you know vibration and they're, you'll barely be able to see them, they'll kind of be there but not really. They'll be able to move through walls easily. So what we call ghost, I feel, is just maybe you know interdimensional communication that we just haven't figured out yet. It's just a technology essentially. Yeah, and man, I I hundred percent agree that it does seem very real. You know, it's <laughs> it's a great perspective, our reality, but you know, it doesn't take long to realize. I mean, heck, I just found out today. You know, unfortunately, I'm one of those stupid people that eats food out of the microwave or heats it up. And I was, I, 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 you know, that's the only reason it warms up is because those molecules inside the food are moving around and creating friction. And I was told, Hey, put your food in the freezer or the refrigerator for just a little while so that that all calms down because you don't want to be eating this dimensionally active substance into your body. And it makes sense. Like everything is moving. Everything is, is, it has vibrationary levels. Like they talk about in, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the, the principles of Thoth and Hermes and, you know, everything you has a the, vibration. Uh, the, the Emoto experiments with water? No, no. What's that? There were some experiments uh, done by, a, I think he was a Japanese researcher who uh, would get bottles of water and it was the same water and he would uh, tape a word on the outside of each bottle. So he would write hate on one, he'd write love on the other, he'd write sincerity, honesty on all these different bottles and then he'd freeze them. And when he would freeze them, he would look under the microscope at the actual water molecules. And the ones that had love and, you know, good words or nice words that are nice to us, um, they looked like snowflakes under the, under the microscope. And everything that had hate or envy or anything bad, it looked like a jumble of, like, hairs. It looked so weird under the microscope. Man, intention is so important. Exactly. And, well, think about this. We're 70% water. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what science says. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a huge... And, and what we think we we understand about the body and about, you know, dimensions and, and space and time, and we don't. We, space, time is man-made. We made up time, but if you're an animal, you don't know anything about time. You know what I mean? You're just there. That's it. You're there that, that moment, and that's it. So, I mean, we think of ourselves as these, you know, advanced beings, but from what I understand, we're not very high on the totem pole at all, actually. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a big world out there, and we're uh, we're a speck on the on the solar scale. Not only the solar, but probably on the universal scale, we're not even a speck. I mean, I don't even know what you would call that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a philosophical, it's scary, it's, <laughs> seriously uh, yeah. perplexing, right? Oh, I mean, I mean, I've sat in it and had anxiety attacks thinking about how big the universe is. I've literally had anxiety attacks, like where I have to go outside and get some air, and then when I look up, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to look up, like it's. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But, I mean, I if that lady did see something on the plane and she wasn't just drunk, um, I've been around a lot of drunk white girls, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she had the same body movements and, and facial expressions that a drunk white girl has. I mean, that's just me being around a lot of bars in my 20s. And, but, and I've gotten them, I, I've gotten some angry. So I've seen them when they're throwing their hands up and being a little like she was. I've seen that when they're drunk and... So look, I don't know if she was drunk or she wasn't. I, I'm just assuming the, the easiest possible scenario here. But if she did see somebody in the plane or something that was off, and then there was another guy that came out, I think, and said that saw something as well. I mean, 
yeah, why not? I, why, I would expect there to be interdimensional, uh, I guess, creatures, beings, people, whatever you want to call them, just trying to hang out, trying to, we would do the same. So why wouldn't they? I mean, it's, it's this big, this is a big reality. You know, I'm sure they want to Rick and Morty it and try every channel. Totally. And I, I heard there was a, a Japanese incident on a plane. It took longer to leak, but a passenger was pulled off a plane because he was complaining about being in a time loop. And it's just wild, man. Planes in general. But man, thanks yeah. so much for chatting. It's 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 so you know the philosophy of the mind and these these perplexities of what's taking place in our reality is so mind blowing. And I, I always Great. appreciate all of the all of the info you come with. Um, where can can you tell listeners a little bit about you and where they can get a hold of you or follow your work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had my websites taken down not too long ago because they had some stuff about Hunter Biden. Yeah, we'll get into that in another episode. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, right now I'm only on Facebook uh, and Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well. But you can find me on Facebook at Real Rob Gray, G-R-A-Y. Um, just Real Rob Gray, Facebook.com slash Real Rob Gray. And then um, you can also go to Twitter. On there, I'm Real King Robbo, just because that's kind of like my, my joke parody kind of deal. I don't really take it that seriously. Um, so real King Robbo there, he's my favorite graffiti artist. So I'm, I'm doing an homage to him as far as the, the name goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the two places I re- communicate. If you want to get as far as whistleblowers go, if you want to get to me, I have some proton mails. I have some signals and stuff that I don't even give out really, um, just cause they get inundated with craziness. So, um, contact me on one of my channels, uh, usually uh, Real Rob Gray on, on Facebook is where you can message me. And then just uh, let me know what you, you know, if you have something that you want to come out with and, and you think that my audience would be uh, able to, you know, deal with it or whatever, then uh, we'll, we'll get together. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll give you a call or a signal or we'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the, there's the only really two places people can find me now. Thank you, Rob. You're amazing, man. Keep delving into the intricate web of geopolitics and dark money finance. Collaborating with UFO whistleblowers, you are the best. I hope we talk soon. Thanks, man. You too. Um, yeah, uh, message me and we'll uh, we'll get together and have a beer sometime, man. The one, the only, Rob Gray. Man, he is always pushing the limits of everything. And, you know, I've seen his social media presence and he'll get up into the most ridiculous numbers of followers and then just be completely deplatformed. He takes it, you know, uh, in stride. Uh, no biggie for him. He just starts over and builds back up. He is a powerhouse of information, an incredible source of just about everything. And if you are a whistleblower, definitely reach out to Rob. He can make things happen. Trust me. And speaking of making things happen, if you have not headed on over to HeroParanormal.com, please do. For less than the price of a boutique cup of coffee a month, you can get all of the content behind the paywall, and there's a ton of it. You can also access that at Hero Paranormal if you look on Patreon. You get the whole enchilada, all the content, and... uh Please also subscribe, like, and share any videos on YouTube. Again, although I am sure I will never be monetized on YouTube for a variety of reasons, that's the only way to break through the algorithm of control and make sure others hear the podcast, and it's a big help to me. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around.